Welcome to Might Could, Stories of Innovation in the ATL, a new series from the Hatchery, Emory University's Center for Innovation. In conversation with thought leaders and change makers in higher education, nonprofits, and industry, we'll explore why Atlanta is the innovation capital of the Southeast. Uh, so welcome to this episode of Mike Could, Stories of Innovation at the ATL, brought to you by the Hatchery Emory University Center for Innovation. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Karen Cashin, who is CEO of Tech Alpharetta, a tech economic development engine for Alpharetta and the region that helps to grow new tech companies and jobs, attract and retain tech companies, and develop a skilled workforce. Tech Alpharetta accomplishes these goals through its strategic advisory board, tech startup incubator in Alpharetta, tech thought leadership, educational programs, and key partnerships. Karen is also the founder, chairperson, and past president of the Greater Alpharetta Tech Network, or GATN, which merged into Tech Alpharetta in 2018, and an attorney with 20 years of experience as a commercial litigator and corporate technology lawyer. She has served as a commissioner on the City of Alpharetta's Planning Commission and as a graduate of Leadership North Fulton, as well as the Georgia Academy for Economic Development. She has also served on the board of directors for the North Fulton Bar Association and currently serves on the advisory board for the University of North Georgia's Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. So Karen, it is a pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thank you, Shannon. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, we will focus primarily on the as uh, CEO of Tech Alpharetta, but I'd actually like to start this, uh, you know, mention at the outset, I guess, that I'm also excited about this conversation because you're an Emory alumna. And uh, we, of course, have two shows, uh, Might Good, and then uh, Emory alumni show called the Emory Innovators. And it was actually difficult in your case to figure out where you were the best fit. Uh, but given sort of the scale and the impact of Tech Alpharetta, uh, we thought that Might Could would be the right place. And uh, before we get to really exploring uh, that role in detail, I wonder if you'd be able to uh, answer a question that we ask of many of our Emory innovators, which is, uh, sort of maybe just give a few insights about uh, your studies here at Emory and how you think they prepared you for professional life beyond Emory. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm proud to be an Emory alum. Um, had a great experience there. I, I you know, focused my studies on uh, majors in political science and, and French, knowing that I was doing a, a pure pre-law curriculum. I, I had already planned on, on becoming a lawyer. So I really enjoyed a great um, liberal arts, classic liberal arts education at Emory, enjoyed uh, doing my the senior thesis as well. Um, and I would say it, it prepared me uh, quite well for moving on to, to law school and professional life um, thereafter. So uh, a quick follow-up question on that. I don't know if you're aware, but I also come from a French background. Um, oh. I have a PhD in French and Italian literature uh, because that apparently seemed like the straight path to success in marketing and innovation work. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if you could say a few more comments about uh, sort of the preparation of foreign language study, obviously for law, but also maybe uh, for innovation and uh, sort of work in industry. Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, I think it's really 
critical, it's a critical component of, of an education to have that, that foreign language piece. I feel like uh, foreign language uh, in, in many ways, much like uh, learning to, to read music and, and be a musician, um, it, it's a training for your brain and it really, um, it, it prepares you for problem solving. It's, it's very much a, a lot of problem solving and, and, and a bit of a puzzle as you work through um, becoming adapted to really um, excelling at a foreign language, being able to speak it and listen to it um, and understand it. So I, I feel like it's something that everyone, everyone should focus on at some point in their education. Uh, so on the topic of problem solving, that's actually one of the things I wanted to ask as sort of an intermediate step between uh, Emory and your current role. Uh, you saw a problem that you wanted to solve, or at least you saw an opportunity. Uh, and when you uh, came up with the idea of the greater Alpharetta Tech Network, what were you seeing at that moment that suggested an opportunity, opportunity to you? And how did you know you were the right person to really give shape to that opportunity? That, you know, uh, I'm not sure I ever knew I was the right person to give shape to it, but it, it was a moment in time. I had started a law practice out here in Alpharetta, um, you know, coming out of a background as in-house counsel for technology companies. And uh, the city had recently announced that there were hundreds of technology companies based in the city of Alpharetta. This was about 2012. And so I started looking for a local tech technology organization to join right out here um, to get to know this technology community. And I was very surprised to find that there wasn't one um, because it was still very early days. Um, at that time, there wasn't really a tech ecosystem per se out here. There were just hundreds of technology companies. And, uh, and so like any good entrepreneur, I, I saw a, a gap and decided that I would take it on and fill it. So that became my, my volunteer side hustle, my nights and weekends side hustle while practicing law and um, started up a nonprofit, the Greater Alpharetta Tech Network, put together a, a, a board of directors and, um, and we were off and running. And I, you know, I had spoken with some clients in the technology sector out here who you know, would tell me anecdotally, gosh, if there was a locally based tech organization out here, I would definitely uh, be part of it because it's hard to get, you know, it, with the traffic, it's hard to get down to Atlanta for the tech programming down there. So I guess that was my, my uh, very informal customer discovery, right, before starting uh, that nonprofit. But, you know, we, we planned our first event and we had 130 technology executives register for that. So it, it really was a, an affirmation for us that we were doing something that was very much needed. Um, it's interesting, the, the intersection of uh, seeing an opportunity and side hustles is something we hear a lot here. Uh, you know, rarely are entrepreneurs hired into the right job. They see opportunities and then over time that right job takes shape. Yes. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, I'm wondering uh, how you made that decision then to merge GATN into Tech Alpharetta. Sort of what did that look like and what were you seeing as the opportunity in that moment? Also, what have been some of the positive outcomes? Yeah, yeah. So um, when I started GATN, um, the, the city was just getting started. The pre predecessor name for this organization was Alpharetta Technology Commission. So the, the city government here in and Alpharetta said, hey, okay, we've got all these tech companies, we need to get advice from the experts, let's put a board of tech C-levels together um, to, you know, talk about tech, tech infrastructure and how to attract more tech out here. And, um, and so my nonprofit became the de facto community engagement arm for that Alpharetta Technology Commission um, and, and started working together. Um, and, you know, over time, an incubator piece was added to the Alpharetta Technology Commission. And, 
And then ultimately I was offered the opportunity to come become CEO of the Alpharetta Technology Commission, which by then was, was a real no brainer for me because I I'd, I'd just um, had such a great experience building a nonprofit. I realized I really like to build an organization that's gonna have a positive impact for the community. So I took on the, the full-time position in 2017 and decided to merge Greater Alpharetta Tech Network into the organization so that we would have um, a number of critical components of the tech ecosystem all under the same name and all part of the same organization. So I, uh, after merging, we intentionally rebranded to Tech Alpharetta because we felt like that represented more of, of what the organization had grown to become, um, sort of all things tech in Alpharetta. And so by merging also some of the positive outcomes to answer the second part of your question were um, that not only did we still have that strategic board of local tech C-levels and senior executives to help uh, provide feedback and recommendations and, and also guide the organization, but we had a startup incubator. And then we now had um, the locally based tech educational and thought leadership programming. Um, and so by, by grouping those all together as one organization, we could be a whole lot more effective in uh, staying focused on our end goal together, which was to grow technology and innovation out here in the city of Alpharetta. Um, it, it's interesting. One thing I would say in that response that might have gotten lost in the shuffle is that you were initially the community engagement arm of this. And uh, that probably explains why your first cold call got 130 people uh, involved. That is not <laughs> a typical result as people talk right. about, um, especially C-level people. Um, I would like to delve into this question of ecosystem a bit more. First, the broader ecosystem in which you exist, and then maybe uh, diving down a bit into the Tech Alpharetta ecosystem and your thinking on ecosystems and ecosystem building. Uh, we spoke once before, and this is one of the aspects of that conversation that really stood out. Um, your work, although it is focused on tech and Alpharetta, puts you in touch, obviously, with a broad cross-section of this city. Um, so you've had firsthand experience with what a diverse innovation and entrepreneurship ecosystem Atlanta is. Um, there's really a diversity here that's a driving force, I think, throughout the state of Georgia and the Southeast. But to paraphrase something that I heard Alex Gonzalez, the chief innovation officer for Metro Atlanta Chamber say, that can lead to something of a brand crisis, right? Because when the city is a leader in so many sectors, um, technology, financial services, transportation, healthcare, media and communications, and, and the list goes on, it may not receive enough credit for any one of those. Uh, whereas a place like Silicon Valley has such a clear brand and imagination. So in addition to technology, what do you see as some of the other sectors where Atlanta's efforts in innovation and entrepreneurship or its, its sectors really deserve to be known around the world? And what do you think we can all do to, to call more attention to that? Yeah, so, um, you know, we're fortunate to see so many different industries and so many different verticals just um, booming and growing in the, in the metro Atlanta area, you know, um, the film industry, for example, healthcare is another big one, um, in addition to technology. But, you know, it's funny, these days, it seems that every company really is a technology company, right? Um, because they're all employing technology in order to meet their goals or produce their products. And so if, if you look at it that way, um, that, that seems to me to sometimes be the best way to start off when you're trying to come up with that unified brand message, right? Is to start with something that encompasses all of those verticals to some degree and then break it down from there. 
Um, I do agree that it, it's difficult because uh, there are so many good things happening in, in Atlanta and the ecosystem has really um, grown so tremendously in the, in the past five years or so from a tech standpoint that it has been hard to get that messaging out because it's just evolving so quickly now, um, which is of course a great problem to have. Um, but uh, one of the great things that, um, that Alex Gonzalez, you mentioned, Alex and the, and the Metro Atlanta Chamber have done put together the Atlanta Innovation Alliance to try to unify the messaging around the tech ecosystem by getting um, a lot of the players and, and components of that ecosystem together under one, one roof, so to speak, a virtual roof, so that we can all work together to create um, one brand message, at least when it comes to the technology category um, and help get the word out together. Because, you know, it's a, the metro area, it, it's a sprawling place and we have lots of little siloed hubs here and there and everybody's so busy doing their day to day that it's hard sometimes to, to see the overall picture and get it all together. So I think that that's a really good start. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you called up that initiative because I think it's the flip side of that quote, which I often like to, to cite because it reflects uh, the incredible diversity of this business community that we live in. And to your point, it's a good problem to have, um, but it's still a problem that uh, requires these, these umbrella solutions for coordination. You said something else there that I find really interesting because uh, you know that increasingly uh, all of these different sectors are using technology to deliver. I would say that the corollary to that is that increasingly technology is becoming the product for many of these industries um, because uh, you know the whole value chain has kind of shifted and where there used to be more product or more value, I think, in the product that was distributed, there's increasingly more value in the distribution, the tech side of, uh, of the equation. And so uh, obviously there's a focus there not only um, to deliver your traditional business, but to evolve your business towards where that opportunity is. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious, uh, what other attributes of this city that you consider unique uh, that you that have really impacted your work, both uh, as an industry expert and as an innovator? You know, uh, one of the, well, there's a lot of things I love about this working within this metro area. And I would say um, one of the ones that's had the biggest, one of the things that's had the biggest impact on me is just um, the fact that this, this metro area is composed of people that are eager to do business with you. They wanna do business, they wanna accomplish great things together. It's very much of an open, open uh, welcoming type of community. And, you know, for example, when I took on this position and um, started making trips into Atlanta to get to know other, other members of the ecosystem and get to know the investor community. I was just, um, I was just floored, just met with open arms. It was very, very welcoming business environment. Um, and that makes it so much easier uh, for everybody to, to grow their organizations and their companies and, and to collaborate. Everybody's interested in collaborating, partnering, working together. Um, and I think that that's a really unique attribute that you don't necessarily find in every city. Um, it, it must be sort of one of the defining attributes of the city because virtually everyone I speak to says the same thing about it. Is that right? <laughs> and I've found it to be true. Collaborative um, is a word that comes up a lot, as is welcoming. Um, but I, I like this idea too of framing it as very eager um, to sort of help one another. I think that's a very useful way to think of it. Um, as a follow-up question to that, you know, there are so many places you can start 
right in this city. It is it is a wash with resources for innovators, uh, which is a wonderful thing. I know that we're working hard to attract as a city certain types of VC, but in terms of mentoring, uh, you know, opportunities, uh, accelerators, incubators, it, it's really there's a lot of places you can go. I'm wondering if uh, you could point to certain Atlanta experiences or resources you would encourage other innovators and entrepreneurs to seek out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, uh, one good place to, to start for innovators is um, Startup Atlanta publishes their um, annual ecosystem guide. And that, that is a great at-a-glance at a reference tool for innovators to take a look and see, okay, what's out there? Am I looking for... Um, you know, an incubator? Am I looking for an accelerator? Am I looking to attend programming? Um, you know, it's all in there. And, and that's, that's a really, really helpful reference guide um, for entrepreneurs. So I think that's a great starting point. And then I, I would just encourage anyone um, who is, uh, who's an entrepreneur looking at, uh, you know, getting into tech innovation to consider uh, join an incubator. Um, wherever you are in the metro area, there is one not too far from you. And, and even if they're not, uh, you know, even if during COVID, for example, you can't necessarily go to some uh, or don't want to go to some on a daily basis in person, every, everything is moved virtual. So I know, you know, speaking on behalf of Tech Alpharetta, we offer everything uh, virtually at this point. So you can still, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as an innovator, you can still um, take advantage of all the great resources and benefits of an incubator by joining one anywhere. Um, in the metro area, and it can really make a difference um, in terms of helping you to not only successfully grow your company, but do it a whole lot faster because of the, the guidance, the mentoring, uh, the programs and resources. So that, that's something I encourage everybody to consider and also take a look at the accelerator resources out there um, as well. You know, Techstars and, and a number of others throughout the city um, offer tremendous opportunities. You have to apply and get accepted, but if you get accepted into one of those, it's you know, it, it, it moves your startup into rocket ship mode, in my opinion, in, in many instances. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely recommend that. And then, uh, you know, take advantage of other resources. ATDC uh, offers tremendous programs for entrepreneurs. Uh, Venture Atlanta, even, you know, you may not be pitching on stage, but it should be a don't miss um, if, you can, if you can participate because if it's one place to see, see the entire community just about under, under one roof. So those are a few of my suggestions um, for innovators looking looking for resources. Uh, what's I think really useful about those suggestions is that many of them are really sort of hubs of information that point the way to so many other resources as well. So those would be great starting points. One thing I would mention is that uh, there are indeed many incubators that can help with tech. And ironically, as I discovered by accident, many of them are headed up by women named Karen. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what the connection is, but uh, <laughs> I just figured I'd mention that. Yes. Um, so you've mentioned uh, ecosystems a few times, and I wonder if you could talk more about how you define the ecosystems, uh, how you go about building them, and also how you believe they change over time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, ecosystem technically is just an, it's an interconnected uh network whose components evolve over time. In the case of a tech ecosystem, it's really these multiple components that are intentionally collaborating to, to support um, tech innovation and tech growth. And 
you know, it's absolutely possible to, to build an ecosystem um, if the right components are there or create some, or to even create some of those components. Um, so to give an example, we've worked very hard to, to build a tech ecosystem out, out here in Alpharetta. In, back in 2012, um, we had the critical mass of the tech companies and we had the government piece. It, you, you need to have um, you know, government, visionary government leaders who, who are interested in creating an ecosystem. So we had those pieces. But uh, you know, it, it was early days. There, there wasn't an incubator. There wasn't a local tech organization. Um, there, there were startups, but they had no uh, common place to meet and work together and collaborate. So you had some of the, the raw materials, if you will, um, in the mix, but, but there were still more that was needed. And so by creating the Greater Alpharetta Tech Network, you know, we created the event and programming piece, which is so critical to an ecosystem, any any tech ecosystem, because that's what gets the that's what gets people out. And if you've got to get people meeting one another, talking to each other, collaborating, finding out who's there, partnering up. If you don't have that piece, you're really not going to develop a thriving ecosystem. You're just going to develop. You're just going to have a city where there's some entrepreneurs and a bunch of tech companies, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the programming piece was very very important. Um, we, at that time, the city was also working to attract an educational institution because it didn't have, have a uh, educational institution within city limits based here. So then Gwinnett Tech opened its North Fulton campus here, and that added the educational piece, which is also a you know, critical component. Um, and you know, at that point in time, with the incubator opening up a few years later in 2015, now we also had a place where people could meet in person and collaborate and, and learn together and grow companies together. And so, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a number of years, but you can do it. And, and today we actually, I'm happy to say, have a, have a real thriving tech ecosystem out here with nearly 700 tech companies. You know, at any given time, we have 45 to 55 tech startups just here in our incubator alone as members and, and plenty more sprinkled around throughout the city and basements and co-working spaces. So. Um, you know, you put those components together with a city government that's continued to be um, very, very supportive to the point of it's really a public-private partnership at this point, I would characterize it as between Tech Alpharetta and the city of Alpharetta. And, um, and what you end up with is, is a successfully thriving ecosystem where tech companies and tech jobs continue to grow. Mm -mm. I, you know, personally, I'm surprised by the scale. Um, I knew that there was a lot of development that these uh, pieces, these components of the ecosystem had been intentionally developed over time. Uh, but, you know, 700 plus tech companies, that's enormous. I mean, that really puts you on scale or on par with some of the biggest tech, uh, you know, sort of centers around this country. Yeah, it is. It is astonishing when you think about the fact that this is a city of, you know, 25 square miles and 65,000 residents. Um, so it, it is. It's, it's tremendous scale. And and again, similar to what you were describing about getting messaging out for the entire metro Atlanta ecosystem, mm -hmm. we see the same thing here. It's growing and evolving so quickly that it's it's challenging even to get that message out past the North Fulton area or, or, or downtown. So that's a constant challenge, especially as a smaller city to try to get that messaging out there um, and, and something that we're continually working to try to accomplish. 
you know, uh, as I think about ecosystems, and then I think about the work, uh, innovation work that we're seeing being done by uh, many young innovators, uh, student innovators, it strikes me that there's uh, an important distinction, and this could be a generational one, um, but it seems like many young innovators we speak to are interested in community and they're interested in movement. But movement to me seems very different than ecosystems for some of the reasons you just addressed. But I'm wondering if you could maybe reflect for a moment on what you see as some of those key differentiators. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a movement is really a, a group of, of people with a shared purpose trying to work towards a a common goal of social change or political change of some kind. Um, and so, you know, one of the things um, right away that distinguishes that from an ecosystem is that the movement is the group of people. The ecosystem, you have all these different components. You've got the, you know, the government component, the educational institution component. Um, you, you have the organizations, the incubators. So, it's, it's not just a, a group of people trying to get things going. Yes, there are absolutely people behind all of those, but, but it actually takes these different entities as organizations to help grow it and into an ecosystem that continues to evolve, whereas the movement has this one uh, shared purpose that they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, to your point around the educational programming uh, and the importance of having an educational uh, institution there, there is a component around motivating those people as well as around giving them the constituent or component elements. You have to kind of create that common uh, sense of purpose and charge in a way too. So uh, yes, yes, there's sort of like a movement a within ecosystems, it sounds like. Yes, yes. You, you know, you both, in both instances, you're right, you need the, the people involved to have that commonality of purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, so before we move on to questions for the audience, and I would encourage everyone to go ahead and start crafting your questions for Zoom or preparing them to jump in and ask. Um, I do have one more, which is, you know, from this last answer, it's clear that you've really been able to assemble or help to coordinate vast resources to bring key players from an entire industry together uh, throughout the region and create sort of a tide that raises all ships. In my experience, people who see opportunities and are capable of such undertakings at scale or such orchestrations of resources, usually have other big plans up their sleeve as well. So um, I would love to end with a question. If there were some other industry or some other big systemic challenge that you would like to address next, what would it be? Well, I will say that, you know, first and foremost, I have no, no grand plan here because I'm, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing and hoping to make a, you know, some small uh, positive contribution to the ecosystem here uh, locally and, and the metro area as a whole. Um, you know, something that, something else that in, inspires me though is, uh, you know, the, the, the need for more uh, STEAM education for, for K through 12, um, because that's, that's ultimately what's going to inspire kids today to become the skilled tech workforce of the future. Um, and also to enable them to ultimately uh, be steered towards uh, the higher paying tech jobs and successful careers. So I think that uh, first and foremost, you know, the, the STEAM and, and tech uh, 
tech education, if you will, really needs to start uh, from the beginning of someone's education. So that's something I'm passionate about, but um, no grand plan. <laughs> uh, it, maybe it's a, a version 2.0. It's the educational wing, the uh, early childhood educational wing of Tech Alpharetta. Um, <laughs> I am glad I'll say that you included the uh, the STEAM, uh, the A in there, not just STEM. Uh, yeah. You know, given your background in French, uh, you know. Was proud. <laughs> so um, at this point, I'd love to turn uh, the chat open to questions from the audience. Um, and uh, take just a minute uh, to uh, to welcome those questions and say that we can also expand the conversation if there's anything uh, a little outside of what we've been discussing so far that you would still like to address. Um, I am going to add one more question of my own, which is uh, from an ecosystem standpoint, you mentioned uh, all of the big components that have come together uh, to the advantage, I think, of Tech Alpharetta. What would you still like to see either added or amplified within that ecosystem? Sounds like one thing you did mention a communications piece and just sort of the difficulties or challenges of getting your word out in such a big and diverse and uh, you know dynamic city. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, yeah, I think that. That, that that's definitely a challenge, um, not to say that we don't have a fabulous PR team and we're constantly issuing press releases and we're out there on social media and blogging and podcasting and, and everything else. But, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there. So it doesn't guarantee that, you know, everybody's going to read our messaging all the time. Um, so in terms of your question really is um, what else would I would I like to accomplish? Yeah, or, or sort of see uh, added to that ecosystem some other component uh, that you would either add or potentially an existing component that you would like to amp up even more. Yeah, you know, I'd like to um, amp up even more. Um, we have existing collaboration between, um, you know, enterprise uh, level tech companies and our startups, for example, but there's always room to amp that up more because we are fortunate to have so many enterprise level tech companies out here. So there's always more to bring into the fold to get them involved in the ecosystem, to introduce them to the startups in hopes of fostering further um, synergies, partnerships, collaborations. Um, so, so that's something I'd like to see more of um, just overall uh, continuing to increase the level of engagement by uh, local enterprise level companies. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple of questions that have come in through the chat from the audience. So uh, first of all, big thanks for being here. Uh, this person mentions that he has seen many ecosystem initiatives get started. And while there is definitely some programming, a big push is often to, quote, map the ecosystem, and that this can be a ton of work. And it seems like many folks stop after the map. So how do you get past the map uh, to other types of action? Um, I, I think it's, you know, in my mind, it's, it's persistence, you, you know, and determination and the willingness to, to keep going, um, you know, some which are, are the very same traits you see in most entrepreneurs, right? If, you, if you're determined to make it happen, you just keep at it. Um, you don't give up because it's a large undertaking or, you know, it's overwhelming or uh, there's too many hours involved. You just keep at it and uh, keep plugging away and um, until you accomplish your goals. So, um, uh, you know, I'm excited at, at what has been accomplished locally and in, in Metro Atlanta and this new Atlanta Innovation Alliance that uh, Alex Gonzalez is heading and, 
And I'm highly um, optimistic that by having gotten uh, the, the different players of the, the tech ecosystem involved and under that umbrella that uh, we'll be able to see some good long-term results. That's great. Um, another question that came in through the chat is um, you've mentioned uh, Gwinnett and, and the opening of the North Fulton campus. Um, is there a formal connection between Tech Alpharetta and higher learning institutions? As in, are there innovation centers like the Hatchery uh, that consider uh, that you would consider to be part of your ecosystem that work in academic environments, or is that incubation and, and uh, innovation center work done internally primarily? Yeah, I would say um, locally from the educational institutions that are, are locally based out here that um, I'm not aware of any in the in the North Fulton area that have have an innovation center um, located within them, although many of them are undertaking a lot of innovation related initiatives. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and that's that's definitely a major focus. Um, and certainly, you know, we've got uh, the new Innovation Academy uh, public Fulton County STEM High School opening up here in Alpharetta this this August, and um, you know we'll we'll be sending some of our entrepreneurs over there to speak to the students uh, to work a little on site. It's a beautiful space, um, and it the whole focus of that that institution is really innovation from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, so that that may be a, an example that answers the question a little bit uh, more closely there. Sure. Uh, we've had the pleasure of speaking with uh, the director of a similar uh, high school in Cobb County as well. And uh, those are very impressive undertakings. And I think speak to this idea that you can bring more steam into innovation in very intentional and programmatic ways. Um, one more question from the audience, which is besides new companies being launched, what are some of the signs that an ecosystem is working or healthy? Okay. Um, yeah, besides more companies being launched, which um, means that jobs are new jobs are being created. Um, th those are obviously uh, big indicators of, of the health of an innovation ecosystem. Um, but those aren't, aren't necessarily the, the only um, indicators the, you know, if you have, um, if you have a, a, a critical mass of tech companies in that ecosystem that are interested in getting engaged or that are actively engaged in some capacity, whether that's with the incubators, uh, working with educational institutions, um, or in some other capacity, uh, connecting with the startups, that, that's really critical because um, you know, you need to have the, the larger tech companies that are that are in that ecosystem engaged to really make it successful. Um, so that for me sparks a related question. We've been, uh, these last few questions have been circling around the components of the ecosystem and sort of tech to educational connections, uh, the starting of new STEM or uh, innovation high schools, et cetera. I wonder if there's any advice from where you sit that you would give to institutions of higher education who are working in innovation, doing some sort of innovation programming, but that would help them to get more actively plugged into the bigger ecosystem and help the ecosystem to uh, connect to them as in mutually beneficial ways. Yes, yes. Uh, um, actually, that's a really timely question. It, it's 
and I'll explain why in a moment, but it is so important to have those educational institutions engaged for so many reasons. Um, not only, well, it all boils down to the student side, but um, they need to be talking with the members of industry to find out what the uh, industry's workforce needs are so that the educational institutions can create the, the right curriculum or the right training that's going to prepare the, the current students to become graduates that are well-trained and um, appropriately educated to go to work for those industry companies. So, so it, that's a very, very important. And I say that that's very timely because actually that's something we're working on here in the city of Alpharetta, as a matter of fact, just having had a, um, an earlier meeting today to, to get an educational collaborative going between uh, a number of the area educational institutions to, to get the conversation going on a more formalized basis with members of industry. Um, so that they can work more closely together and collaboratively um, to better serve the students uh, of today to become the, the workforce for those companies tomorrow. So um, I actually have one maybe final question, unless more come in from the audience on that topic, which is um, if you were to provide guidance to young Emory innovators today, um, from the standpoint of what you're seeing as emerging industry trends, but also from the standpoint of your personal experience as an entrepreneur and someone who has created um, something, what would you say are some of those key skill sets that they need to, to sort of get under their belts or key characteristics, personality traits, other things that they might want to develop to position them for this future of work? Yeah, I would say, you know, from a personality trait standpoint, um, be comfortable thinking outside the box. Uh, realize that you don't have to stay within a certain box or a certain career trajectory. Um, think outside the box, learn a little bit about design thinking um, and, and be willing to, to think about how to make things better. You know, you see a solution and think, I, you know what, that's okay, but I could do that better or I could make something that's, that's an improvement on that. Um, and, and be open to pursuing that. That's, a, that's such a great mindset to have. Um, and uh, I, I think be open to the idea of, of um, classwork education from the entrepreneurship side of things, which incidentally, it's, it's so great that those are actually classes that are offered today. Um, and you know, even if you think now you have no intention of ever becoming an entrepreneur and, and starting up something on your own, it's such a worthwhile piece of your education to have because you never know really uh, where your career path is going to take you as I, you know, I myself being a perfect example of that. Um, so definitely avail yourself of those educational opportunities. Uh, well, I, I would love to end on that positive note for so many reasons. For one, it makes me feel like there's hope for my own career. Uh, so, you know, these people who will always think outside the box and take advantage of things from an entrepreneurship perspective, uh, no matter what your studies are, there's an opportunity to look at things through this other lens and see where there's, there's further opportunity. So uh, I would just love to uh, conclude there, give you a chance to offer any last thoughts um, on the local uh, ecosystem there in Alpharetta or any last thoughts to students listening. And uh, just thank you for this uh, great conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. This has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate uh, the listeners sending in questions as well. Um, and uh, my, my parting words would simply be, um, please feel free to come see us anytime. We, you know, 
drop on in, check out our Innovation Center if you're interested in, in seeing what, what's happening out here in Alpharetta, we'd love to have you. Oh, that's great. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today, Karen. Thanks again, I enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Might Could, Stories of Innovation in the ATL. To hear additional episodes, search Might Could Stories on Spotify to find or subscribe to this podcast. For more information about the Hatchery, Emory University's Center for Innovation, visit hatchery.emory.edu.